0: Here he comes, here comes Speed Racer, he's a demon on wheels, he's a demon, and he's gonna be chasing after someone. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 26 of Super Nerd Pals, your weekly conversational podcast about video games, comics, and everything else. You can find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals, and we are your pals. My name is Stan, you can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. Doom! And joining me, as always, is Sweet Justice himself, Andy. Hey, Sweet Justice. Are you just saying Andy hey yourself or yeah. Oh, okay. You can find Andy on Twitter at Sweet Justice1. That's O-N-E. And he's still here. He writes a thing sometimes. It's Chris Samson. You can find Chris on Twitter at Keo Ninja for Hire. That's K-Y-O. And how you guys doing? I'm tired. I'm back. <laughs> I'm back from vacation and I'm super rested. Stan? How about you guys? Stan wasn't, Are you guys
1: rested? Stan wasn't on vacation. He was scrubbing for footage.
2: <laughs> yeah, Stan, we had a good time recording without you. I mean, we missed you, but it was. I'm glad you had a good time on vacation. And we actually met in person for the first time, which was awesome. So.
0: Yeah, we met in D.C., had some Mediterranean food. And, then... and I, I want to emphasize that I am rested. <laughs> Are you rested, Andy? <laughs> I'm not rested. Are you rested, Chris?
2: Never. I am never rested. I mean, especially <laughs> what now. What a shame. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I took my vacation. I, I went to Otacon this past Thursday t- through today. It was a f- lot of fun. No sleep. I'm exhausted, but I was really happy.
0: So, um, I'm going to ask you all about your experience there. But first, we have some news this week. News? First news, Pixels sucked.
2: <laughs> a lot. So much. None so, of us saw it. I mean, uh, I remember watching the trailer.
1: Lies, this is actually the spoiler cast for Pixels.
2: And none of us have seen it yet, but that's okay.
0: We can <laughs> talk about it anyway. It was, there was a Pac Man, there was, there was a Centipede maybe, there was, there was Donkey Kong, there was and Galaga, maybe Smurf. there was
2: Q Yeah, like, it sucked majorly. Uh, I mean. I, I guess you, you could really tell from the trailer, you know, before, like when I first watched it, my my brain just blanked out. It was like, what? How? How? How did this get through the studio's approval? The premise is so ridiculous.
0: The premise is like stolen from Futurama, first of all. Well,
2: I mean, the, okay, l- let me rephrase that. The germ, the germ of the idea was really it was really interesting because okay, it was based on the short film. But then Adam Sandler, whoever else took it and ran with it and just cannibalized it I mean from what I what I know about the movie Adam Sandler and a whole bunch of other guys there were video game competitors and they were world famous but he got burnt out and then a bunch of video games that was, that was set into space they got in contact with aliens and the aliens saw this as a de- de- declaration of war so, so then you have like monster Pac-Man and aliens in the form of Donkey Kong attacking this uh, the the world and Kevin James is the president of the United States, and his executive decisions to hire or to get back his own video gaming crew to team up and save the world. So it's
0: like a garbage Wreck-It Ralph.
2: From what I've heard and read about these reviews, especially. This viral YouTube video by Movie Bob—it's just—it's a like Stan said—it's a very cynical movie, and it just takes out all the fun and all the nostalgia and all the all the heart and soul that makes these games so iconic. They just turned into a really transparent attempt of at, mo- at money grabbing. And the part, the sad part is, you know, it, it's probably it's probably gonna su- succeed at that. I don't know if it broke box office records or if it. If it's, I don't know Definitely not um, It was like, oh,
0: we we used to play video games Remember remember the video
2: games?
0: Here's a Pac-Man
2: Yeah, which is, yeah, that's pretty much the entire cell of it and you, you know you was know fucking annoying?
0: That they had the creator of Pac-Man in the movie But it wasn't the creator of Pac-Man They just had a, an Asian actor play him It would have been cool if it was actually the creator of Pac-Man But they couldn't even do that
2: and I'm also curious, because, like, Nintendo, you know, for the longest time, like, they didn't hold on to any of their, I guess, their film rights to their characters. I mean, you had Super Mario Brothers, and then there was, like, a drought for a long time, and then Wreck-It Ralph came out, and now all of a sudden, in Pixels, they had literally everything.
0: My hope is that when Wreck-It Ralph 2 comes out, there's, you know, more Nintendo presence there, because it does so well, you know?
1: I mean, there was a lot of Sonic references in that movie. Well, yeah, because he was like, you know,
0: it's Sega. Sega's like, yeah, fuck that. Throw him in there. Sega likes to take chances, unfortunately, half the time it's Sonic Boom. That's true. Or the, the other half is the Dreamcast. <laughs> so something really good that fails, something really bad that fails.
2: But regardless, it fails. Yes. I, I we- love you, I Sega. wait for Sega all the time. I still harbor this irrational dream. That one day they will, come, they, will, they will return with the bench with their, with their own console.
0: So a spot for for Sega and the Dreamcast and Sega 1 and 2 and 3 and Sega 1 and 2 and 3. Sonic 1 and 2 and 3. <laughs> and I, I thought I was the rested one. <laughs> I was going to say, are you,
1: you sure you're well rested?
0: I'm alright. Listen, okay, what I was saying is that I love Sega and they fuck up sometimes. But, man, it's hard to hate them because they, they try... And you know what? They own Atlas now, and so you, you kind of can't hate Sega right now because they they're they're holding our favorite baby hostage. <laughs> we have to love them, otherwise they might hurt Atlas. And please, please don't hurt Atlas, Atlas. Please.
2: Stan, how much would you pay to save Atlas? I don't think I think
0: they're in good hands. You know why? Because ever since Sega acquired them, they've let them do their own thing. I haven't really if. I wouldn't even realize, if, if I didn't look into into it, that Sega owned them. Because they're operating the same exact way that they've always been.
1: Yeah, I didn't know Sega owned Atlas until just now.
0: Yeah, their parent company got bank- bankrupt or something, so Sega bought them out.
1: Good job, Sega, for saving a great-ass company. Yeah. I fucking love Atlas. Me Atlas too. games are amazing.
0: But yeah, my point is that Pixels is fucking awful so that's, awful. My, that's my point.
2: I, I feel I feel like we should you know as low as low as we are to spend money on it. I think we should actually do a spoiler cast about it. No, I, I don't know how you how you guys feel about that. I I would I'm, I'm willing to spend some hard earned cash to.
0: No, Chris, stop. <laughs> we need to stop you. I've, go, I've gone too far. Veto, veto. <laughs> we can do at most. Well, all for you is that when it comes out on DVD, maybe we can do a 10 like, minute
1: spoiler cast. No, or like not a even a can like, like riff
0: Yeah, we could do a commentary track of how fucking garbage it is.
1: It's just going to be us throughout the movie like, yeah, "What it is this shit?" We're
0: going to record our own commentary track. Okay. And maybe. I'm not committing to watching this movie. Damn it. No, no,
2: no. This podcast is it's like a it's a social contract with with our listeners. It's going to happen.
0: Ah. Uh-huh. Alright, moving on. There's some Fallout news that came out of QuakeCon, and, you know, there's, there's usual stuff. But the thing that I'm most interested in is that you can, you can name your character anything you want. One of your companions will call you that name. So, you can name yourself something normal, like Stan or Chris or Andy, and presumably your robot companion will call you <clears throat> by that name. Or you can call yourself something crazy, like Mr. Fuckface, and your robot will call you Mr. Fuckface for the entire game. Which is fucking awesome. Chris, are you going to name yourself Chris, or are you going to name yourself Mr. Fuckface?
2: I'm leaning towards Fuckface. <laughs> <laughs> or some other crazy name, I don't know. Yeah, it was maybe, like, maybe something inspired by Mad Max. You know,
0: That you would know. be great, though, if you can put Mad Max and it'll call you Mad Max. Because you can actually name... They included some examples. One of the examples was Mr. McFly you know Mr. Boobies it would be great if you can call yourself Mad Max and be like Mr. Mad Max
1: that would be pretty awesome actually i still
0: might just call myself Stan or Stanley in the game because there's like no situation where that name comes up anywhere i've never seen that come up i don't understand why my name never comes up but it's like you go to like the the store the gift shop and they have those little keychains with everyone's names on it my name is never there and I never had a name with like a keychain with my name on it cuz they don't make them. And so whenever I made a wrestler, whenever I made a wrestler in like a wrestling game, like a WWE game, and you can like choose what the announcer is going to call you as, they have like sometimes they have like regular names, I never have my name. I got to call myself like fucking Captain Birdman or something cuz I can't call <laughs> can't call myself my regular name. So I really hope it says that he recorded about the The voice actor for the companion recorded about like a thousand or so names. So I really hope that my name is in there, and then maybe a second playthrough, I'll call myself Mr. Fuckface.
1: You're gonna you're gonna call yourself Mr. Fuckface. I'm gonna go
0: with Mr. Boobies. Mr. Boobies. Hell yeah. Would you go by Mr. Boobies in real life if you could?
2: Uh yeah, why not?
0: All right, Chris, would you go all by Andy, Mr. Fuckface? We're gonna, get, we're gonna
2: get you some visit cards, and then yeah. slap that all over it, and it's gonna be legit. Fucking yeah! It's
0: gonna be like a joint business card between you and Chris, and it's, it's gonna be called um, Boobies and Fuckface Incorporated.
1: And what? Boobies and, <laughs> Boobies fuckface. and fuckface Incorporated.
0: Yeah. Because what are we?
1: What are we selling?
0: No, it's gonna no, 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 be I'm your not business. LLC. But
1: what is our? What is our business selling? What is the point? That's of up to the you. I'm
0: not on this business card. I'm Stan. <laughs> Are you, you Stan maybe you're, the
1: intern, maybe Stan
0: you're Stan the HR person? Maybe attorneys at law, boobies <laughs> and fuckface <laughs> boobies. attorneys at law. We're going
2: to be the best damn avocados, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Chris, we're
0: doing this. You can so. have, like, one of those serious commercials, like, have you been injured in an accident? Please contact boobies and fuckface. LLC. And then you'll just, like, look at the camera for
1: too long. <laughs> just like what I did with the ring. Last week. Boobies and fuck We should do with boobies and fuckface this week. But yeah, just
0: another another cool thing that Fallout's going to be doing. Maybe Game of the Year. Probably. We'll see.
1: I mean, who else is really competing? Call of Duty? Call of Duty never fucking wins that. Metal
0: game. Gear Solid Oh, 5. that's true, yeah. And Rocket League! All right, Rocket League is not making it to Game of the you Year. You have never played Rocket League, so you can't say
1: shit. This is true, but name the last time an indie game was a uh, fucking Game of the Year. Shovel Knight. Shovel Knight was Game of the Year? For some some people. For me, for
0: me for people. Some <laughs> for some people. I'm sure people voted Shovel Knight to be Game of the Year cuz that game was fucking great. <sighs> They're coming out with a new expansion for Shovel Knight, so I'm excited about that too.
1: We're going to buy the hard copy.
0: I want the hard copy also.
1: Comes with the expansion. I like how they had to specifically state that that game was not coming with the book... Oh, no, that it was coming with the booklet.
0: That's another reason why I want the physical copy of Shovel Knight for the booklet.
1: Are you serious? Yeah, fuck yeah. They don't make good
0: booklets anymore.
1: They don't make booklets at all, period. Yes. Batman's was like a piece of paper. They have, like, E-manuals
0: now, which, meh. I kind of appreciate it because it saves the papers, but... I kind of, like, I miss that feeling of buying a game and then, like, having the booklet to read before you start.
1: Especially, like, when uh, you could do such cool things with the booklet. Like, I remember when I first got Sly Cooper 1, they named the booklet the TVS Raccoonus, and it just made me feel more a part of the game.
0: Yeah, and then stuff like um, Grand Theft Auto will, like, include a map of the city. Same thing with the Elder Scrolls games. Um, Capcom fighting games in general are pretty good about having, like, big... Manuals with like fighter yeah, and like inputs combos. and stuff. Yeah. yeah, Chris, what's your favorite manual from a video game?
2: I'd Probably have to say mario vs. Capcom 3. Like you said, it was similar to uh, fighting games. It just had like a all these really cool brief synopses and background info about like, all these classic characters, and and the art was fantastic. I forget who drew it, but it was just I felt like the booklet was like a little bit of a comic hate, book-y collectible. So I
1: hate those people who throw out the books what the fuck are you doing?
2: I think one one of the it's best... free
1: knowledge.
0: Yeah. One of the best um, manuals ever for a video game is the Metal Gear Solid 2 manual. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. Have you ever seen it, Chris? The Metal Gear Solid
2: 2 manual? No, I haven't.
0: It's literally a, um, a comic book. It's a comic book of, like, the beginning of the game, but set up in a way that it teaches you how to play the game also.
1: That's awesome. So
0: it's mixed between a manual and actually, like, a comic book about... With like great art, like actually really good art for it, which is like, I just I love like just flipping through the manual, just how, how good it was. Also, um, it's not really a manual, but Super Nintendo Earthbound came with a player's manual, like an act like a strategy guide. I downloaded the PDF of the um, the player's guide for it because you can't really buy it anymore because it doesn't really exist anymore. So I wanted to look through it, and it's like one of the not only one of the best probably manuals that's ever come in the game one of the best strategy guides that I've ever seen it's very much it's each page is kind of set up like um, like a scrapbook from whatever town that you're visiting so there'll be like uh, newspaper clippings and there would be like menu for the restaurant that's in the town that you could visit with like prices of like the things on it there's like a nightclub in one of the towns in the town and in the book it'll have um, the town with the the sign for the nightclub and it also give you hints in the game and it's a straight-up strategy guide, but the way it's presented is, like, like a scrapbook of that actual world in Earthbound. So it's, like, really fucking well done.
1: See, we don't get this creativity for, like, uh, for manuals anymore. I really
0: wish no. I could go back in time and buy a hard copy of Earthbound. Because now finding that, especially complete with the manual, forget about it. You need not...
1: You're gonna spend, like, a million dollars on You spend a lot shit. of
0: money on that shit. That's why, that's why I had to get the PDF for it, because it just, you can't find the strategy guide.
1: Look, guys, it seems like every time we talk about something on our show, it winds up happening, like, the next fucking day. So watch tomorrow, <laughs> there's gonna be, or, like, whenever this uploads, like, the day after, there's gonna be news flooding the internet on how game manuals are coming back. Nothing beats a
0: good it. game manual, I'm telling you. Alright, so that's, that's it for the news and our wild tangents. Um, Chris, would you like to talk about Otakon for a bit?
2: Hell yeah. So Otakon takes place every year. Uh, it takes place in um, Baltimore, Maryland, and it's the biggest anime, manga convention on the East Coast. So if I remember correctly, it's it's usually around like 34,000 people that come. Uh, they're actually moving to D.C. Uh, I think two thousand. Seventeen or eighteen? There's some conflicting or like some vague news on as to why it's moving. Like from what I've heard most commonly is that the BCC it's not it's not big enough uh, to hold the amount of people without violating fire codes. So uh, I also heard that they plan to renovate the BCC. So I had so much fun at Ocon. It was so great to be back. Uh, the cosplay game at this con was amazing. Like so there was. You, I've, I saw, like, Naruto cosplays and a lot of really cool video game-inspired ones. So I saw plenty of Metal Gear Solid, some Resident Evil. There was enough Five Night at Freddy's cosplays around to warrant a cosplay shoot, which which blew my mind, and there was a, some pretty fantastic ones. And there were some pretty exciting panels. Um, one of my favorite ones, uh, if you guys are familiar with um, uh, Man at Arms Reforged, uh, by the by, the folks at uh, Baltimore Knife and Sword. These are the guys who create these amazing viral videos of them forging anime, uh, fantasy, and pop culture inspired weapons and armor. Yeah, I've seen so some they've pretty done... badass
1: ones that they've done, like the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else did they do? Clouds. I feel like they did clouds. Yes. Yeah, yeah. They definitely
2: did the Buster Sword. They've done. Uh... Oh, they
1: did a uh, Sword Art Online. Oh.
2: They re- the the most recent video. They took on the Kill Bill Hanzo Hattori sword. And in the movie, if you remember, making a sword of that kind of caliber, it took, a, like, a month. Um, and how you create a katana, you have to refold over the metal literally tens of thousands of times to retain its strength in that iconic shape and its uh, its, sharp, its sharpness. But these guys, they made a Hanzo sword in, like, six days, which is ridiculous. Damn. They're very—they're so talented, and um, I had the pleasure— of attending their panel. They showcased some some new swords like uh or some of their most classic swords uh like Dante's sword from Devil May Cry. They also talked about some future plans they want to do. Like they they really would want to do Ivy's sword from Soul Calibur, but so far they it's like physically impossible to do it, but they they're writing they're, they're riding on the hope that one day maybe they'll prove themselves wrong. Um, they also teased a brand new sword that's coming out next month, and they—they're like—they—they they're, want us to be really tight-lipped about it. But it's a—I'll—I'll always say it's a, it's a sword from an anime. It's a pretty popular anime, and you will lose your mind when when it's revealed. I'm so, just
1: letting I, you know you're gonna reveal this to us after we're done recording.
2: Okay, <laughs> but then, yeah. <laughs> please, Baltimore Knife and Forge. Please don't don't uh don't kill me. They
1: won't have to know.
0: Is it Charizard? Are they making Charizard?
1: Charizard yes, actually, Charizard's you're a right. sword.
0: He could be a sword.
1: <laughs> oh, didn't they also make Aggie Slash from Pokemon?
2: They did. Uh, I, it, I don't. They, he said it, he. Maybe. They
1: did. They, they definitely did.
2: That's okay, they my, did. Okay, they, I trust. Pokemon. I trust your. Uh, I trust your judgment.
0: Chris, did you cosplay?
2: Yes, I did. Um, So I cosplayed as uh, Kirito from Sword Art Online, and then I added a, a bit of a spin on it. Um, because I love Like you guys know me already I love Mad Max So I made a post-apocalyptic Curato. So I added some goggles some Gloves And like a A, a pauldron armor
0: Any excuse um, to whip out the goggles
2: <laughs> Yes Dude I yeah. It, you guys know by now I love goggles I Actually I got my first pair of goggles At Otakon And I wore them out And now I have a new pair I don't know I just like it I wish. I wish wearing goggles was more socially acceptable.
1: Maybe, um, maybe when I go to Comic Con this year, I'll dress up as fucking Akatsuki, a Akatsuki member, but post-apocalyptic with goggles. <laughs> Hell yeah, you will.
2: So I'm, cool. I'm
1: not looking for the Jinjuriki. No, I'm looking for Mad Max. We need to take this
2: motherfucker down.
0: <laughs> you can, you All can right. post-apocalyptic any costume. As long as you add goggles and a leather jacket.
2: Yeah. And, 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 and like, true. some rivets and, and maybe, like, a gun. Chris and, would know. Oh, he he he's to, the hey. fucking
1: professional. He's like, this is what you
0: need
2: to do to make it post-apocalyptic. Oh, also, you have to find a mat of dirt and roll around in it. So you're uh, kind we 30.
1: will... On our YouTube channel, we will have a segment where Chris teaches you in five easy steps how to be post-apocalyptic.
2: <laughs> I'm totally down <laughs> for this. Like, challenge accepted. All right. Um, so what else did I do? Um... So I had lots of cosplay, uh, so the, the, the Baltimore Knife and Sword panel was really awesome. Uh, I went to some other panels, like uh, one's about like Kill la Kill. I love Kill la Kill, it's probably my favorite anime of all time, so these panels were talking about like uh, how the narrative lines up with classical Japanese mythology. Uh, oh, our friend, our mutual friend Stan, um, my guy, I attended his panel yesterday, uh, he was talking about visual novels. And I know nothing about visual novels, um, so it was a really enlightening experience and, um, so if any of you are listening, you should find my guy on Twitter and, you know, talk to him about it. Um, and one of the biggest highlights, and I know you guys would appreciate this, was uh, a back-to-back panel, uh, experience, first with Funimation, and then next was the Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F panel, where, uh... Uh, what's his name Sean Semis uh, Chris Sabat and Justin I don't remember I don't remember Justin's last name but he's the voice of Raditz uh, <laughs> nobody Sean's, cares uh, about the voice him. of <laughs> no Jack? one you couldn't remember I
1: said no one cares about him then Raditz uh, well he also yeah. does other
2: voices besides, him, besides Raditz is it Yamcha um, no Uh, no Chris Sabat's Yamcha <laughs> yeah They'll, no I was just uh, yeah, Chris Sabat he plays literally everything he's Vegeta and he's Piccolo and he's Yamcha and yeah, I mean you me pretty then, much
1: you pretty much have all of Dragon Dragon Ball Z's cast. If you have Christopher Sabbath and uh uh Sean Schimmel. Yeah. That's like the whole
2: cast. It was pretty interesting that uh so Sabat was telling me or telling the panel about uh back in the day, like in nineteen ninety nine, where the voice dubbing team I think it was only eleven people. And so, and so many... There was a bit of turnover. Like, sometimes people dropped out. Sometimes people got sick. So Sabah, just just as a matter of convenience, you know, he just picked up new voices. And the list just grew. So uh, he was their go-to guy. So anyway, so the... The Funimation industry panel was really exciting. There was a lot of cool stuff that they uh, they were uh, advertising as future releases. For example, um, Speed Racer. The entire Speed Racer. Run is going to be released in a exclusive collector's edition on Blu-ray. Nice. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, for the first time ever, well, was going to be. Oh yeah, the first time ever is going to be available in Japanese with English subtitles. So oh, we might awesome. actually know what they're actually saying as opposed to the you know the you will not race in this race making stuff up. Yeah, it was like, really exciting. Like uh, the 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 host of the panel.
0: So wait, they're not uh, yeah. wait, they're they're not redubbing Speed Racer. They're leaving the original voice. No, no, no. Voice it's out. it's the
2: original dub. It's the original dub. Um, uh, <laughs> but they're also including the, the Japanese, Japanese dubs. So that, I
1: is that else. a good is that good that they're doing? that? Well, yeah, cuz then we'll like Chris said, we'll actually know the like fucking exactly what they they're talking about in
2: Japanese. No, but
0: I mean like is it good that they're leaving the original English dub?
1: Oh yeah, I love the original English
2: yeah, dub. Yeah, I think it's for nostalgia and like just no, it's just so
0: you can't race this race oh, I forbid you I must do it <laughs> I must race this do race you guys,
2: Do you guys remember uh, Dexter's Lab? Yes uh, uh, I know exactly episode. What you're talking about yeah. Oh my god That that was like That's probably one of the greatest The greatest Speed Racer parodies ever And like I know we talked about it before But we should totally Watch and do a commentary track For the Speed Racer movie Because yes. I love that movie that I movie love that was movie so too, amazing. It was so colorful Over the top And it was. It was just amazing. I, I own it on um,
0: Blu-ray. Nice.
2: I had to pick that up. I wish
0: I could talk like that every day of my life, like instead Stan, of- you do
2: already. What are you talking about? <laughs> um. Okay. So, Speed Racer. Um. Get excited for that. Some other new releases. Um, I, I wish.
0: I, I'm sorry to keep harping on the Speed Racer subject, but I wish they got new actors to record English dialogue, but in the same way <laughs> that they did or initially
2: that's exactly why I love the X-Men arcade game so much cause like after when they released it on PSN they did the voices again or they they did something but they kept it intentionally bad it's like so ha I was ha leaving.
0: ha X-Men welcome to <laughs> welcome die to die kill you that's like shield. my <laughs> so. I, I like that game just for the voice acting like I like it's, it's... the
2: greatest voice acting ever
0: uh. It's like, it's up there with the original Resident Evil voice acting. It's like, don't open that door!
2: Chris! Wesker!
1: Sir. Jill Sandwich! I'll be examining this. And there were some Good cuts thoughts. of our favorite Resident Evil ones. <laughs> we're
0: just gonna, like, the rest of the podcast, we're just gonna read lines from the original Resident <laughs> Evil. <laughs> it would be better if you, the master of unlocking, took this.
1: <laughs> Barry had the best voice actor back then. He's even good in um,
0: Revelations too. Yeah. They do a lot of callbacks to, to like how cheesy his lines were in the original. I'm sorry, Chris, I keep interrupting <laughs> you. Go ahead. It's okay.
2: It's okay. We, we, we're all about tangents here. It's okay. Uh, so it's, Funimations are releasing a whole bunch of new movies, especially in theaters. They're very happy, or they're trying to push forward this new initiative to push anime into more and more theatrical release Releases. I mean, we already had uh, Battle of the Gods last last year, and then Resurrection F. It's going to be running from August fourth through eighth. Yeah. So the point is, Funimation they want to create more theatrical events, and you know there's clearly a market for it. So to reflect this, they're releasing a whole bunch of other movies as part of a major initiative. So you got you already got Attack on Titan, the live action movie. Uh we have Psychopath the movie. We move oh they're doing a Psychopath pass movie? Hell yeah they are. Oh uh, shit, I just started watching Psychopaths. Psycho-Best is so good. Um, Yeah, it's really good. uh, Throughout each of these announcements, they they released a short trailer. Uh, I assume, like, maybe tomorrow or in the next week, Funimation will eventually release all these trailers. There's another Ghost in the Shell movie that's coming out, coming to theaters in the fall of 2015. And this Ghost in the Shell movie, it's the last one in the arc that leads up to the creation of Section 9. Mm-hmm. So it's a prequel, and it looks beautiful. I cannot wait for it. I'm a huge Ghost in the Shell fan. So I, I I, know, I, I just,
1: did they did they talk
2: about any like animes they're doing this year? Yes, uh, some new, some upcoming projects. You have this one called Project Ito, Ito, and it's based on the science fiction novels of the author Satoshi. Uh, Edo And it's a three-part uh, anthology. So you have the first one, it's called Genocidal Organ. The second one is called Harmony. And the third one is called Empire of Corpses. And uh, they haven't released much news about it. Like, they, there's not even a trailer for it. But I would go out and check out those, uh, those novels. Uh, so yeah. I was only
1: asking because about two years ago, Funimation got the rights for Code Geass but they've still done absolutely nothing with this. And that's, like, one of my
2: all-time favorite animes. And I want Johnny Longbosh back. So, wait, you're saying, like, a Code Season 3?
1: No, no, like,
2: uh, they got the rights...
1: Well, I guess that's a potential, but they got the rights to Code Geass in general. So, my thought was because Namco Bandai owned them. So, and now it's impossible to find those DVDs um, that, like, Funimation would put them out on DVD and Blu-ray, or they would... They would even do what they're doing with Sailor Moon and just redubbing it.
2: I didn't realize the DVD Blu-rays were so hard to find.
1: Oh yeah, About um, them. season one is going online DVD, mind you. It's uh like hundred fifty dollars for just season one. And that's
2: I guess directly from Japan, right?
1: No, that's uh, the English one, the American one.
2: Oh, really? Though that's short in quality. Yeah,
1: it's because that's... Namco Bandai didn't put out that much. I guess I don't well. know.
2: What are you doing, Namco Bandai?
1: Well, now Funimation owns it. So what are you no. doing, Funimation? All
2: right. Well, everyone, tweet at Funimation right now. Hashtag bring demands. back code Exactly. Let's see. Moving on. Uh, I was flipping out over this. There's going to be a collector's edition for Black Lagoon. That's, co- that's going to come out in the Blu-ray DVD combo in the November of this year. Black Lagoon is one of my all-time favorite animes. Uh, if you've never seen it, um it's this crazy really ultra violent high frenetic action dynamic mafia anime and it's so good i'm really excited for this collector's edition because it has season one season two as well as the roberta's blood trail ova so that's over 13 hours of content and it comes in this ammo box tin with a whole bunch of art books and a lighter and dog tags so it's it's just it's pulling out all the nines. And the last thing I'm gonna talk about for the Funimation Industry panel, um, if you're a fan of Tokyo Ghoul, uh, there's a collector's edition that was announced and there's gonna be several tiers, but you should really get the premium collector's box. It has this really cool packaging which shows various stages of the transformations of one of the characters. It has the complete season one and Blu-ray DVD. It comes with a poster, art book, journal, and art card. Also, uh, let's move on to one of my favorite panels, uh, and I'm sure one that many of you will be excited about is the Dragon Ball Z Resurrection of F panel. And it was really great seeing for the first time like my, one of my childhood, well, my childhood hero, heroes, the, the voices of Goku, Vegeta, and Piccolo. It was just surreal, and it was just, uh, and they had a lot to say. So, on Shimmel, like a voice of Goku, he's saying this is quite possibly the best Goku dubbing work he's ever done um there's some really hilarious moments uh that to look forward to and you know the biggest bad of all is coming back it's frieza and it's just so there's so much hype also explaining how this is like the first time ever where the original japanese Writers and uh, dialogue people and producers, you know, they they made this a truly collaborative effort. With the English dubbing side, they they flew them out to like Japan. They all got together in this private screening. They talked it over and they what, they consulted, and it was a, just really exciting collaborative process. And. It was just, it was a, a night full of magic. It was just, the, there was so much energy in the air, and the guys were extremely funny. Uh, every now and then, they would fall into their voices, and, you know, people just went crazy insane. And for those who weren't there, you missed out, because at the end, they showed an exclusive clip from the movie, and it's just, it was so amazingly, um, it was a extended fight scene between Goku and Frieza. Oh, just like, energy beams everywhere and like giant Kamehameha's and then Vegeta like he's having like an aneurysm and then he flies off <laughs> to Goku straight up punches him in the face while Freeze is like what the hell and there's and, and, and everyone started laughing because Vegeta's like Kakarot curse you you promised we would take turns <laughs> and the Kakarot's like but but I have- But no, I- No, it's still my turn. And Frieza's like, Vegeta, I appreciate the sentiment, but I'm only here to kill Goku, and that's it. So, sit in the corner and play nice. And, Go- and Vegeta's like, like, gritting his teeth, and he flies back down, and he's just like, running to himself, and-, and- and then, and then, back, and then, like two seconds later, like there's like sonic booms all over the place, and, and Goku <laughs> and Freezer back to fighting, <laughs> and it was it was it was hilarious. Can't wait yeah. for the movie. Yes. So August fourth to eighth, go to the website, pre-order and order your tickets now. It's going to sell out, and it's also uh, it's going to it's going to be a huge experience. Uh, not they're not just going to do the movie. There's like a, a pre-screening event where it's I'm not sure if it's live streaming or not um, but it's like a giant Q&A and they're also going to do like a trivia game show with the voice actors and the, the rest of the production team so it's uh, there's a lot to look forward to um, sweet I nice. guess to also wrap up my Otakon experience there's too much fun uh, lots of cosplay uh, lots of cool panels lots of exciting anime premieres and uh, I can't wait for next year Well,
0: thank you for going and for reporting back to us All, all that you have seen and experienced
2: And uh, uh, just stay tuned for the Instagram and Twitter and Facebook I'm going to be posting all the pictures I easily took maybe like a thousand photos Alright,
0: cool um, So do you guys want to move on to some comics talk uh, there? Talk about some comics? We
1: can talk about some comics
0: Talk about some comics, yeah. Chris? Let's do it Alright,
1: who wants to start? I can start
0: Sure. What did you pick up this week?
1: I picked up Grayson and We Are Robin issue 2. I didn't get to read the We Are Robin. I'm only mentioning this because I will be talking about this next week when I read the first two issues. Alright,
0: shit. Relax. Look at Uh, me with, like, fire in your eyes. Because Stan's the
1: one that's like, hey, fucking recent comics. (laughs) (laughs) Do you
0: know what issue of Grayson it was?
1: Issue 10. Okay. What happened? So someone's framing Dick Grayson for like murdering all these other like spy agents and they're just trying to figure out who it is but at this point Grayson's getting from like his boss of the spy agency that he can't trust his partner but he feels like he can only trust his partner and he he goes to call in like Bruce but obviously Bruce is like quote unquote dead and Dick doesn't know this. So he's like, I don't understand why he's not answering my calls. Anyway, um, he steals this pendant from this like, Spanish royalty lady. He steals this pendant, and the reason is because it's kryptonite. So he steals it for the agency, and then he finds out he's supposed to drop it off to, to someone. And he finds out that his drop-off is actually Lex Luthor. And then obviously Dick Grayson was like, I ain't giving this shit to you. Fuck you. He literally jumped off of a building into water. He's a badass. But yeah, so the comic just ended with him unsure of who he can trust and, like, Batman not there to help him. It was a really good issue. I'm really looking forward to issue 11.
2: Cool. Uh, I can go next. So uh, I, uh, my, my comics haul is pretty light this week. Um, also, because of Otaconic I didn't have as much time to read as more than I wanted to. The first one I'm gonna talk about is uh, Old Man Logan number 3. You all know that I've been keeping up with this. Uh, And when we last left off, uh, Old Man Logan just got the shitcat out of him by Magneto. And he encounters none other than Apocalypse. And I was really hoping for like a giant epic standoff, but... It was interrupted by by Thor, who broke up the fight and defused the situation. With Logan, like trouble always follows him. So this there was the standstill wasn't it was short lived. But, but, but Logan manages to escape. He takes out the female Thor and ends up in another Battle World universe. While Apocalypse is like pretty much throwing a hissy fit because Thor is uh, attacking his horsemen uh, in order to apprehend Logan. And so. Logan's and ed- he ends up in this universe. Uh, I'm not really familiar with Iron Man comics, but in this universe, uh, the world is completely infected by techno virus. So basically, no one can survive unless they are put into a iron- into an Iron Man suit. In this world, the Thor is a war machine. And- yeah, this is
0: this is actually the Armor Wars version of the universe that they're in. The, ba- the battle. Warzone, whatever the hell, whatever the hell you call it, it's it's Armor Wars, so...
2: Oh, so could you uh, fill me in on Armor Wars? I only style. read
0: the first issue of Armor Wars, but it's basically like half of, Armor, half, half of the area is like owned by Tony, the other half is like his brother or whatever, Tony's the baron of, of the world or whatever, and they're investigating the death of the Spider-Man in that universe, but everyone wears Iron Man suits because everyone's Iron Man.
1: Because why not?
2: Because why not? And why yeah, not?
0: Our War Machine is Thor, which is cool.
2: It's so badass. Um, So, Iron Man's trying to figure out what's up with Logan, because he, his, uh, his healing factor is staving off the effects of the the virus and he wants to make a cure out of it but logan's like no i gotta figure something out i want an audience with doom and warhammer thor's like i'm not having any of that so they square off they fight logan just gets logan continues to have the worst day ever uh, like we were talking about before where he gets you know blown apart by thor the female thor and then fights a tiger then meets Sabertooth, then meets magneto then meets apocalypse and then, you know, he gets shocked again by Warhammer Thor. This dude's and day
1: is just going downhill. Whenever I yeah, think I'm having a bad day, I'm just going to think of Old Man Logan.
2: It could always be worse. <laughs> it can always be
1: Old Man Logan's
2: day. And you, get, you just have one of those posters that says, like, keep calm. Uh, thank God you're not Logan or something. <laughs> there
0: could be a poster so, of um, Old Man Logan hanging on a wire. And it's just like, hang in there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Warhammer Thor just pummels the shit out of him again, and this is like the equivalent like what happens after is like the equivalent of old man logan being cast into the shadow realm because he just wakes up and he's in this new area where it's completely populated by symbiotes and then you have like this i don't know if it's like a symbiote dr octopus or a zombie dr octopus but basically the uh Logan, Logan's day just got worse and he's about to be set upon by all sides about with an army of venoms, so.
1: I feel like there should be a, a catchphrase in one of the panels that just, like, after something bad happens to Logan, Oh, Logan!
2: Oh, Logan! <laughs> what a day! What so, a day! So to be honest, like I love the Old Man Logan series, but like this issue, like it just, it just now seems like a like a week to a, a weekly. Oh, where does Old Man Logan show up? And I ca- I, I mean, in some respects, I, I like that. I mean, I think, I think it's interesting to see how each universe reacts to his presence and how it's like st- screwing up the status quo. But it doesn't really. I don't really see it like a like an end game or like a trajectory. Like I have no idea what's going on and. I just want the story to move along a bit faster, so, but, I mean, I I was really excited to hear that uh, Logan's like, I need, I require an audience with Doom. And I was like, "Oh my God! Like maybe the next issue they'll face off." And it's like, "Oh no!" Well, Logan just ends up in a pit full of Venom's. Well,
0: <clears throat> Logan's supposed to end up in the regular Marvel universe, so I think the the trage- the trajectory you're looking for is how is he going to end up surviving whatever fallout from Civil Wars is, and it's probably gonna lead into Old Man Logan in the regular Marvel Universe or the new Marvel Universe that they're making.
2: And um I think I guess one of the bigger things I'm more I'm interested in about is establishing this mystery that's to be figured figured out. Like I, it, it seems like Old Man Logan for some spectacular reason, he has like the the uncanny ability to, you know, cross dimensions and battle worlds like cuz all the Thors are like seriously disturbed by this fad, like um, Warhammer Thors like like uh, what the hell what are you doing is illegal and stop and the people <laughs> <thors> like <laughs> the people thought like what are you do- this is forbidden and I will shock you I don't know if it's just like out of sheer will and tenacity that Logan is doing it maybe, or maybe there's maybe something it's something Logan's else Logan's
1: mindset is just like eh fuck it he's like
0: I'm too, too, I'm too old for this shit
2: yeah so uh, I'm looking forward to see what, what's going on with the Venoms like maybe we'll see like an old man Logan Venom that'd be pretty boss. That would be. Yeah.
1: Speaking of which, Rocket Raccoon Venom looks fucking amazing. I looked I know, it up right? after the podcast. Yeah, that looks amazing.
0: Alright, so I have two today. The first one I'll talk about is I picked up an issue of Batman sixty six. Number twenty five to be specific. I um I started collecting Batman sixty six from issue one but I stopped after the first few issues. Um, just because it was the villain of the week kind of thing, which is good, which is fine, because that's what Batman 66 is, but I didn't want to keep collecting it if it wasn't really going to go anywhere. But um, this issue actually was the debut of the 66 version of Harley Quinn. So um, I was like, oh, I, I, I got to buy this fucking issue. Like, I need this issue. And it's actually, I'm, I was surprised because this version of Harley Quinn is probably one of my favorite depictions of her. There was an earlier issue that I didn't read, but had her as the regular psychiatrist, and Joker did some kind of, um, had some kind of plan to turn everyone in the city into, like, Jokers or something, and he had, like, some Joker Ray. I don't really know, so I don't know how accurate I am in in describing this, but basically what what I gather from this issue was that Harley basically sacrificed herself to save all of Gotham from, you know going crazy so it turned her crazy so she went to arkham but in this issue she basically breaks out at first she starts committing crimes that that are similar to the jokers and then batman thinks that it is the, jo- the joker so he goes to arkham but he sees joker chilling in his cell and he's like i'm flattered you think that was me but it was, it's some copycat and then they go to check out harley's cell and they realize that it's like another doctor in arkham but um, with a wig on that Harley like kidnapped and put in the cell and like put laughing gas on her face so she's like giggling and stuff and Batman's like my God she's a she's a genius and also she's like the Joker it's like she's she's gonna be even worse than the Joker himself and Joker's like hey I'm right here so it's great and they really handle it like that because um, Harley is very much super smart and also super crazy so she is in some respects even better than the joker in this universe she does stuff that no other villain has been able to do like she steals the bat phone so no one can call batman and tell him what crimes are being committed because that's the only way gordon can contact batman is if he calls him on the phone and she steals the phone and so batman's like fuck i can't do anything now and it's great. She she commits all these crazy crimes across across Gotham, and Batman and Robin are basically powerless to stop her. She has a cool costume that that's like a mix between her classic costume and the more modern like roller derby version of Harley that's in her ongoing. Pretty cool. At the end of the issue, she sets up a meeting with with a bunch of, like, thugs, because she's trying to make her own gang. She's like, you know, everyone's going to fight it out, and whoever's left are going to be members of my gang or whatever. And so they all have this big brawl, and everyone's beating the shit out of each other, and only two people are left. And it turns out it was Batman and Robin, like, in (laughs) in different disguises, and it was like, Harley, the only thing you didn't account for is the fact that we are masters of disguise. So, I think it's funny, though, because it's like, Robin was wearing a, a red and black striped shirt with, like, green pants or something like that, and he had, like, a domino mask on, and Bruce Wayne was fucking Bruce Wayne, he was just standing there in, like, regular clothes. Like, he had, like, a hat on and, like, a shirt. He's like, no one will know I'm Bruce Wayne in this in this fucking room. Bruce Wayne just turns around and puts on his Batman cowl. Like, I don't know where he got it from, but he just had it chilling in the corner of the warehouse or something. He just puts it on, and it's like, Harley, we're taking you in, finally. And she's like, how would I do and, and Robin was basically like, yeah, you're actually pretty good. <laughs> she's like, am I as good as everyone else yet? And he's like, you're getting there. So it was, it was a really good issue. Um, there's actually two stories in that issue. They... The 66 comics usually have a backup issue, and this backup issue was about Batgirl. Um, Barbara Gordon goes into like an ad agency because she hears all the villains are going there to like get new PR, so they have they have better like public relations <laughs> because they have a bad reputation or something. I don't know. It's bizarre, and I think you should read this issue because it's Batman 66 and it's Harley Quinn and she kicks ass and it's 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 funny and it's great.
2: Highly recommend it. Stan, I, I want to ask you a question. Uh, so we have Batman 66, Harley Quinn. Uh, if I recall correctly, did the Batman 66 Bane already come out?
0: No, that's that's still coming out. So that, okay. I will probably pick up that issue too and talk about yeah, it. Yeah,
2: let me
1: know when that's okay. happening. Yeah.
2: Awesome. Uh, so I just wanted to get your guys' opinion. like What like modern age Batman villain would you want to be Batman 60, 66-ified? Scarecrow. Yeah. Scarecrow. Scarecrow would be nice. a
1: really good one.
0: Or Jason Todd. I wonder how they would <laughs> handle
2: that. <laughs> oh, I was thinking
0: Red Hood, yeah. Like how would they handle that?
2: Cuz actually I want to see I want to see Ghoul. They couldn't you don't know, This is how they would
0: handle Red Hood in Batman 66. The Joker accidentally knocks Dick Grayson unconscious with laughing gas or something and he goes missing and he gets amnesia and he comes back as the Red Hood and starts committing crimes until Batman like finds him and he's like stop Robin and he like slaps him or something he's like
1: oh gee like (laughs) holy
0: mistaken identity Batman I was the Red Hood all along and he's like well as long as you remember who you are it's fine and then then they all chump like, I'm just glad I got to you in time, old chum, before you did something you would really regret.
1: 66 Batman is amazing. Did they do, um...
0: Did they do Two-Face? Yeah, they did do Two-Face. They did, like, a special issue, because apparently the original writers of the 66 show... Yeah,
1: it got canceled right before they were gonna do Two-Face. Yeah,
0: they apparently did a script for the Two-Face episode that never got produced, so they basically turned that into an issue the comic. Oh, nice. I never read yeah, it, but... Yeah,
2: and, and Alex Ross did a beautiful uh, cover that issue yeah
0: definitely definitely like do something funny with red hood and um, scarecrow oh i don't know how how they would do scarecrow it would have to be like one of those too spooky like it's not really scary kind of i feel like it would be like 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 a a
2: halloween special like it goes around scaring little kids and then and bam it's like this 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 fiend must be stopped and yeah
0: and they have to go through like a haunted house or something
1: has to be something obscure.
0: I, I have to say, they they, they did a really good job with, like, integrating Harley Quinn into the 66, like, canon, so... Yeah, I would like to see more... Like, I don't know if they did Clayface, but, you know, stuff like that. Yeah,
1: Clayface would be cool, too.
0: Mr. Pig.
2: Yes. <laughs> Mr. Pig.
0: Too dark. Too dark for sixty six. I don't. I don't no, they they no,
2: couldn't. No, they couldn't. Pig has to be in there. What about Hush? I want to see. Oh my gosh! I want to see Batman sixty six of Zeranar. Just Adam West like? That could be in the purple. same
0: thing though as as the Red Hood story. I just came up with. Uh, they hit Batman with laughing gas, and he reverts <laughs> to like his his like danger personality. And he has a baseball bat. Yeah, but he does it to <laughs> play baseball. <laughs> like that's his thing. All right, Chris. You got another comment to discuss this week?
2: Yes. I will talk about Archie versus Sharknado, <laughs> which came out last week. And uh, I was looking, or I think I think I saw this on Twitter, and my eyes like blew out of my head. I was like I need this. So I, I I ran I ran to my comic shop as soon as I could after work, and. To be honest, I, I haven't read a lot of Archie, so I don't really know, like, I only, my, my knowledge of Archie is, like, Archie, and then he's in love with, like, Betty and Veronica, and there's Jughead, who, you know, eats lots of food.
0: You, you've, you understand the entire canon of Archie, there you go. (laughs)
2: That's all you need to know. Okay, so the story starts out in Washington, D.C., I assume this takes place after maybe the first or second Shark movie because everyone's everyone's staging a protest against sharks. And tornadoes, and they're like, oh, wrap rapper, rabble. Ra- 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 ra. And then um, Betty and Veronica, they're in DC with I don't know whose dad it is. I think I think it's Veronica's dad, who's a politician. They're chilling in the in the Capitol, and all of a sudden, the Sharknado storm uh, pops in, and it just plays out exactly like the sci-fi movies. It's just like the, the Washington Monument gets blown off its its uh, its foundation is swirling around, and the U.S. Capitol building is loose and infested with. Sharks and, and Betty Veronica, they like they show amazing survival and post-apocalyptic skills. They're just taking out sharks with umbrellas, and <laughs> they're just stabbing them through the head. And they're 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 taking up until uh, a tornado, and they escape from it by. Making makeshift parachutes out of an umbrella and someone's jacket, and so it's all all, like half the issue is them fighting their way back to um, their hometown, and it's super badass. They're just killing, they're leaving a trail of bodies everywhere. All the while, and all the while, they're concerned over making it to the school dance and making sure Archie doesn't hook up with Cheryl, like this other this redhead. And then uh, on Archie's of the story. They're hosting a yacht party, and then sharks and shark natives attack them and it's just really ridiculous and it's just so much fun. Like the sh- like this one panel where the sharks are straight up laying siege to the to the yacht and they're like striking this one spot so this the boat starts to sink. And um it just goes on and on. Like they're like the um Betty and Veronica they convert a a helicopter to have like super razor blades on the rotors and I think I think it's uh, Betty. She's she's sniping sharks out of the sky with a flaming crossbow, and then they sh- throw in some classic, I guess, horror movie, survivor movie tropes where they have to defend the high school and in the middle of a school dance. <laughs> and then they have um, I don't know. It's like the janitor. All the students arm themselves with chainsaws because he like the janitor for some reason collects chainsaws. And <laughs> so it's just one ridiculous thing after the other. It's just a lot of fun. In the end of the story, Jughead and this nerd guy—I don't know—I forget his name—they um, they are they're they're the heroes because they prevent a cataclysmic convergence of all the shark natives into like this from forming to like this one super shark hurricane. By detonating a bomb. Oh, and they also pulled off... They also straight-up copied a scene from one of the movies where Cheryl gets eaten by a shark, but Archie cuts her out with a chainsaw, and she's completely fine. She's, like, in one piece. So, for this being my first Archie comic, I really love it. It's just so unabashedly campy, and it's Sharknado, and who doesn't love Sharknado? And there's, there's like, the humor is It's just spot-on, and it's really tongue-in-cheek, and it's really really violent which i love so just decapitated sharks everywhere
0: um which cover did you get for it because i know there was a couple different ones
2: i think i got the the default
0: one
2: no uh no i got the franco villa i think i got the franco villa uh, cover
0: yeah that's that's my favorite yeah um archie archie does a really good job of um being on they've been really on point with these like crossovers lately um I just finished Archie vs. Predator 4, and I know I talked about the first issue when it came out, but I highly recommend that series because it's, like Chris said, it's like the Sharknado comic that he read. Archie vs. Predator is really violent. It's really funny. There's all these situations. Um, It's a four-issue miniseries in the most recent issue. I won't give anything away in case you want to read it, but Archie becomes, like, super buff, and he (laughs) fights Predator with, like, an axe, and then Predator's got, like, a, a mace and they're, like, going at it. It's just... Predator ends up falling in love with Betty and Veronica along the way. It's just, like, a bizarre series, and you should really read it. You don't even have to like Predator or Archie. It's just... it's like, have, It has this weird universal appeal. But anyway, thanks do for you think
2: that. Do you think they're going to do uh, Archie versus Aliens? That's Probably what I That's what I
0: wanted. I tweeted Archie Comics, like, right after I finished Archie versus Predator. And I was like, that was great. Now let's do Aliens. Please. <laughs>
2: And then they do uh, Archie versus Aliens versus Predators comic. That would be
0: fucking crazy. I want to see also Archie versus Freddy versus Jason or something like that. <laughs> Just have Archie go up against every horror icon there is. Just let him run the gauntlet. Just go through them all. Archie versus Chucky. Archie versus Puppet Master. Versus Razor,
2: Archie,
0: uh, Archie Saw. <laughs> Yeah. Lock Betty and Veronica in a room with, like, a, a saw. That would be <laughs> fucked up. die. Make your choice. That would be really <laughs> fucked up. And it's, like, a little Jughead doll on, like, a tricycle.
2: Million <laughs> <laughs> like dollar Jughead, idea, like, guys. Jughead, he, like, he finds out he's gonna die from eating too many burgers or whatever. So, like, he, <laughs> so then he goes on a, a vendetta against all of humanity.
0: All right, so my next issue that I picked up this week is very special. Godzilla in Hell Number One. Now, <clears throat> this fucking comic. Let me just say, it is basically Dante's Inferno, but with Godzilla instead of Dante. It, it has almost no dialogue, and so the whole story is told through the art and through Godzilla's like expressions. And you don't really not have to know anything jumping into this comic except that Godzilla has. I'm not sure if he died. There's, like I said, there's no dialogue, so there's no, there's nothing, like, kind of tying you to the events of what's going on. But basically, it starts with Godzilla falling into hell, and he ends up on the lust level. And so, I don't know if you've read Dante's Inferno, if you're listening to this, but it's following the same, like, the same beats as that's, that poem. He, the, this is how you know that this comic's gonna be great. Godzilla lands in hell He looks up He sees a sign That says Abandon all hope ye You enter here And he fucking destroys it With his atomic breath
2: (laughs) (laughs) I remember uh, There's this one issue Or one panel Where He meets like a Domperganger Godzilla But then like It has mouths All over his body Yeah And then they all open up Like John Carpenter's the thing It's like Oh my god This is amazing I need you in my life
0: Yeah so He like There's like A miasma Of like Naked people, like a giant storm cloud of naked people, that starts attacking Godzilla, and he like takes a bite out of the fucking cloud of people, and like he has to fight like this crazy doppelganger that turns into like some crazy Resident Evil thing monster with like a thousand mouths, and and it's just it's insane. And the issue ends where he falls into a deeper level of hell, and so it's has a lot of action. There's a lot of like violence, lots of giant monster fighting, and he's in hell. And Godzilla's fighting through hell. That's all you need to know. That being said, I wish there was a little bit more context. Um, I, I get the miasma of like people think because that was from the inferno. I get the sign. I I would like to know why he's in hell. If he like died, what the continuity is.
1: I mean, maybe they'll give you more as you read. That's what I'm thinking. But
0: as as like a, if you were only pick up this issue, you'd get it because you don't really need to know much. But there'd be some like questions. But I guess it's hell, and you're kind of not supposed to question why these like terrible creatures are coming after you. But I don't know. I still recommend it. It's it has it has really good art. Um,
1: is it a good price point?
0: It's four bucks, but it's a it's worth it. It's it's one of those. It usually I'd be like, there's no fucking dialogue. Some of it doesn't make sense. It's four dollars. Don't fucking buy it. But honestly, this is one of the, the situations where I'm like, you should totally pick this up if you have any. Like, if you like Godzilla at any capacity, I really recommend you picking it up it's It's beautifully drawn, there's like a lot of violence, and you know at the end of this fucking series he's gonna fight the devil,
1: yeah
0: it's gonna be building up To Godzilla versus the devil at the end of this and like I can't think of a bigger fight besides Godzilla versus like Cthulhu, <laughs> you know, like Godzilla versus the devil eventually that's all you know. He's gonna get to the bottom of hell, and then it's just gonna be this big face-off, and I can't wait.
1: And then the next series will be called Godzilla, King of Hell. Or it'll be, like, Godzilla (laughs) in
0: paradise, and Godzilla's, like, rampaging (laughs) through heaven. Yeah, it's just... And you see, like, Godzilla is just getting his ass beat, because he's, like... He's kicking ass, but he's also getting his ass beat, because he is in hell, and it's, like, really tough. And he, he gets knocked down a couple times... And he just, the great part about it is he just keeps getting up. And he keeps—he gets pissed, he gets up, he fights his way out of these situations. And so it's going to be great to see him, like, progressively have to, like, fight harder and harder opposition as he gets deeper and deeper into hell. The Arts by James Stokoy, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and he does a great job. And since there's no dialogue, he's technically also credited as the writer. <laughs> Because he's doing the art for it, so it's highly recommended. This is the first time I I ever picked up a Godzilla book, even though I'm like super into Godzilla, and this is a fucking amazing place to start. And there's a there's a a Godzilla movie where Godzilla dies in the end, and I'm not I'm not remembering which movie it is, but in my mind, this is where Godzilla Hell picks up because Godzilla dies. But yeah, definitely pick it up if you like Godzilla, if you like Hell, if you like being in Hell. (laughs) <laughs> if you think you're going to hell Pick this up for an idea of what it might be like but yeah. You just
2: get yeah, First row seats to the greatest battles of all time
0: Definitely worth the cover price And a, it's one of those Rare instances where it, it doesn't Need to do dialogue Totally totally recommend this I will be sticking with this series for sure
1: So you just, uh, you just want to move on To you death battle?
0: You want to wrap with our super death match? Yeah Alright Let's do it. It's time. All right. So, you guys did one last week, right?
2: Yeah, we did one last yeah, week. Yeah, we did uh Ivan News versus Apocalypse and this was a the the the, the winner was uh was a surprise. It was Tommy. Tommy comes in and lays waste to both of them with like either the Dragon Sword or the White Tiger Sword. We, we just
1: we, we just out. found ourselves like Talking about both of these characters And then also being like Well Tommy can take them (laughs) So so in the end I mean it's only right
0: Alright so this week This idea came to me when I did my last episode Before my vacation where I Questioned Ghost Rider versus Speed Racer And I was like you know what We should definitely talk this out Who would win in a death race Speed Racer or Ghost Rider Since the most recent Ghost Rider Is Robbie Reyes I figured we'd go with him because he, he's got... It seems more fair to have a Dodge Charger versus the Mach 5 than a motorcycle. Yeah. And... Um, so yeah, I did a whole tale of the tape. So I'll just, I'll just briefly go through some of the comparisons between Speed Racer and Ghost Rider. But um, Speed Racer, as you know, he's a regular guy. Doesn't do anything special except that he's really good at racing. Um, the original Speed Racer cartoon went on for 52 episodes. Speed Racer never lost... Race 52 episodes, presumably at least 25 races. If each episode is gonna be like a two parter, or if they're gonna do a couple of two parters, or whatever. But he won every single one. The last race, okay. I don't know if you could tell which one which side I'm arguing for at this <laughs> point, but the last race was a race around the world. It started in Los Angeles and then in Tokyo. Guess who won? Speed race, speed fucking racer. All right, secondly, he has the Mach 5. Now, the Mach 5 is a car designed by his father, Pops Racer. I know the names are different in the anime. We're going by the fucking English version, because that's the, that's the version I grew up with. Speed Racer, Pops Racer. We're doing this. Okay, so the Mach 5. I don't know if you know this, Chris. Mach 5's got seven control methods. Were
2: you aware of this? Uh, all the letters. So, yep. Yeah. There was, a, B, C, D, E, F. A through H. G, huh? G,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah, A through G. Seven control modes. All... Briefly go into them for you, in case you are unaware of the capabilities of the Mach 5. First of all, Mach 5 can go at least 200 miles per hour. This is shown in the anime, this is shown in the movie, it goes fucking fast, alright? So, <laughs> Control Type A is powerful jacks to boost the car, this is to make quick um, repairs on the car if need be, but Speed uses it to make jumps at high speeds. He's got an alternate braking system that he uses it for. And, apparently, as a tool to crush cars in a car wrestling match. I have never seen this episode, but I really want to see this episode now to see what the fuck that means. Um, by the way, I'm getting all this info from the Speed Racer wikia that I, I googled for five minutes to find some of this info. It's also They also highlight most of these controls in the second episode of the Speed Racer cartoon. Yeah, they do. So, you can just go into that if you want to see Control B, special grip tires for traction, that means that Speed can drive over any terrain if it's icy, unsteady, the ocean floor, or straight up a fucking wall, because he's Speed Racer. Control Type C. Speed Racer did it
2: before (laughs) Batman.
0: Yeah, Speed Racer did it before Batman. Control Type C, mini fucking saws that protrude from the front of the car to cut down trees, and also, anyone who gets in front... Of the fucking Mach 5.
1: No, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Let's read exactly what Stan wrote. And any asshole who tries to get in Speed's way. Don't be an asshole in Speed's way. He
0: will cut you down with Control Type C. Alright, Control Type D. A powerful deflector which seals the cockpit of the Mach 5 and is air-conditioned. Had to include that. That was the most important part. Bulletproof, crash-proof, and watertight. So, so all Speed has to do is press control type D And not only does he have some comfortable air conditioning But he's bulletproof And it's watertight And it's crash proof
1: so, so does that mean if Speed's in the middle of a race And he starts getting hot he just presses D Just for the AC
0: Yeah cause it's like convertible So if he's racing in like the lava stage Or whatever <laughs> no. the fuck If he's racing in a volcano Control no, type the lava. D the lava. <laughs> Control type D will lock him in there Control type E, he's got super headlights, lets him see better, gives him like infrared vision if he uses it with his helmet. Control type F, used when the Mach 5 is underwater. So the cockpit is filled with oxygen and air conditioning. (laughs) Then there's a periscope that Speed can use to scan the surface of the water. And he can see everything on a convenient television in his car. And there's a 100-pound auxiliary supply of oxygen, which is enough to last speed about 30 minutes. So he's got 30 minutes underwater, if he needs to get underwater.
1: Going at 200 miles an hour.
0: With special tires that lets him grip to the bottom of the ocean floor. And air conditioner. And air conditioner, don't forget that. (laughs) Control Type-G releases a homing robot from the front of his car, which he uses to carry pictures or tape recorded messages. It's also been used as a means of defense. So it's used by remote control within the cockpit. He can use a button to send it out and a button to send it back. Um, He's also got the monkey Chim-Chim and Speed's brother Spritell, which is an unfortunate name to name anybody on the earth, but there's that. They stow away in the back of Speed's car from time to time. Usually they cause trouble. Occasionally they bail uh, Speed out of tight spots. And yeah, There's also Speed's theme song, which gives you a good idea... Of What Speed Racer is like And give me a second and I'll read it for you Out loud Because it's not enough that you hear it When the show starts But you gotta know And this basically sets it up As to why he's a good match for Ghost Rider And I'll tell you right now Here he comes Here comes Speed Racer He's a demon on wheels He's a demon And he's gonna be chasing after someone Those are the actual... Lyrics to Speed Racer. It goes on. He's gaining on you, so you better look alive. He's busy revving up a powerful Mach 5. To cut you down with his saws, if you're an asshole who gets in his way. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go Speed Racer. Go. (laughs) And I think that's all you need to know. So Chris, do you want to give us some information on Ghost Rider?
2: Alright, so... As we said before, we're going to go with Robbie Rees, Ghost Rider. He's the most recent one from um, all-new Ghost Rider. And um, he's... Uh, this Ghost Rider, he's a Latin American kid from California. And he's from a pretty tough neighborhood. And Robbie has a younger brother named Gabe who is developmentally disabled. And he's in a wheelchair. And driven to not, I guess, not misanthropy, but I guess a milder version of that. Like he, he He's working as hard as he can to stay good in school and to work, uh, make money as a mechanic in an auto shop to make enough money to get him and Gabe out into a nicer neighborhood. So, like Speed, uh, Robbie is a good, he's a kind soul at heart, but due to unfortunate circumstances he's been imbued with the powers of Ghost Rider now he's not a true spirit of vengeance but he still has many of the same powers he's different from other Ghost Riders like Johnny uh, Johnny D. Blaze or uh, David Katshaw he's not possessed by a spirit of vengeance but he's possessed by the soul of his satanic uncle uh, who's also a serial killer <laughs> who killed, like, 37 people. Um, so he and Robbie share the same body. Uh, so he, he can transform to the Flaming Skull persona sort of, that we all know. And he has all, a, a ton of supernatural powers. Like, he's impervious to a lot of damage and bullet fire. And he has superhuman strength. He can summon chains with uh, and control them. Ooh. And they have sickles and knives that's attached at the end of them. So his big claim to fame, he has this super sweet. Uh, is he like a Dodge, like a Dodge Charger? Oh yeah, yeah. It's called the Hell Charger. It's a 1969 Dodge Charger that's possessed by this uh, by the by Eli. That's the name of the of the Ghost Rider spirit, and it turns into flame. And it's it has the, the Hell Charger itself has a lot of crazy abilities. Like it's immune to um, arms fire it can instantly repair itself um, it can ghost through matter and it can ghost through the body of Robbie Reese so um, when he so Robbie Reese could be just standing in the middle of the road and then the car uh, the car can uh, can drive itself and the car can like ram through Ghost Rider but as soon as he does that he's like he's like fuses into the car and uh, similar to that Robbie can extend himself out of the car, so, like, there's, like, so he's, they're driving, and then Robbie can, like, climb out, and his body's, like, em- like emanating from the top of the hood, and he can, like, like summon chains, like, attack you from the top. The trunk, it uh, has, like, infinite storage in the back, and it also serves, like, as a portal, like a dimensional portal for anything, so you could put, like, a whole bunch, you could put items in there, and they, they'll pop up in another place. Uh, I remember... In the one of the first or second issues, uh, he rescues his little brother, and he puts his brother in the trunk, and a, a portal opens up, and Gabe ends up safe back in their, or in their home apartment. So yeah, so the the, the car is really cool, and it, I, I if I remember correctly, um, I think it could drive in water, and and it's, just, it, it's imbued with hellfire, so you're not just gonna be rammed by this hulking beast, you're gonna be burned alive and. Robbie Reese, he's a badass. Alright,
0: so... Now, they're not having a fight. Like, a straight fight. This is a yeah, this is, a, this is a race. <sighs> now, so... What do you think, Chris? Who's got the faster car? Because this, this is problematic because the Mach 5 is, like, a modern marvel of, like, human engineering. It can go up to 200 miles per hour. But the Dodge Charger is possessed by a spirit.
2: By the powers of hell. <laughs> so. Yeah, basically, yeah. <sighs> I don't know. I'm i mean still the, feeling The comic that, was never uh, clear. Oh, okay, so you're saying... I'm sorry. Uh, no, I'm still feeling that Speed Racer got this.
0: I feel like Speed Racer might be faster because his car is built for speed, but the... I feel go- like,
2: yeah, Ghost Rider's car is, like, built for, like, vehicular combat and, like, endurance and, like, you know, just like, outlasting everyone.
0: Well, so here's the problem, is that the, the Hell Charger can ghost through matter. So he can become intangible and drive through a, a turn, basically. Through, like, a building that speed needs to, like, e- either drive up or drive around. That's true. And so the closest
2: w- point between two distances, or two, the closest distance between two points is, like, a straight line. So, like, Ghost Rider can just, like, ghost through every every single obstacle in his way. Is,
0: is, um, is that, unli- can he do it for, like, an unlimited amount of time, ghosting through
1: matter? Well, like, the-
2: there's been some instances where like Ghost Rider's powers have like burnt out, but that was like being like fighting like much a superhuman hu- villains. So I don't know if well, I feel like if, I feel like I feel he... like I feel like Robbie can't sustain the Ghost Rider mode like indefinitely because uh, I feel like there might be, that has to be some cooldown period. So I guess uh, at certain points maybe he has to like un Ghost Rider. Like, in certain parts of the... At least early on. Early on in his, in his career, like, he has to power down. Like, the strain was too much for him. But I think in later incarnations where, like... Where Robbie Reese and Eli... Eli, like, they synergize really, really well. So, um... Because, like... Especially in the earlier runs. Not only is, uh... Robbie, like, struggling against, like, external threats. He's also at war with himself because Eli's trying to take over his body, but in the later runs like he's in complete control, so uh, maybe he maybe at that point he has more uh, autonomy and more resources at his assist- disposal, but it's a, that, that's a lot of speculation.
0: And you also, also have to imagine that if 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 Robbie's a good guy, do you think he'd really use the ghosting like would he abuse it in like a, a...
2: I would I think he would he would play fair. I mean, it is a death yeah.
0: race though. So I'm not sure.
2: I feel like I feel like
1: if uh like speed attacked him a lot, he would have to use his ghosting and then that'll probably like power him down.
0: So here's the thing, I don't think I don't think Ghost Rider can take speed in a in a straight race cuz speed is Ugh. undefeated in every race that he's ever been and, in.
2: And the thing is um Robbie like I I think he's a good racer, but he's not a professional racer. Like, in the beginning, he was trying to pay for him and Gabe's exit from the really crappy neighborhood, Lips and the Blood, like doing um, underground street races. Like, that's how the entire conflict of the story begins, uh, where he steals the Dodge Charger from his auto shop to engage in a drag race, and he makes some boneheaded decisions, or he makes some mistakes, and he ends up being tailed by the cops. And uh, and eventually he gets killed. So, <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: um. So then you have another wrinkle in the race, and that's um, Spritel and Chimchim. Chim. And so what I think is going to happen is that they're actually accident- accidentally going to get in the trunk of the Hell Charger. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's what Cause they, they do. They kind of a... like fuck up a little bit. These guys, <laughs> so they're gonna accidentally get in the wrong trunk, and they're gonna end up in some kind of portal to some other location. Does does the portal always lead to the same place or?
2: No, like uh, uh Ghost Rider always has a, uh, autonomy of where the other end and, uh goes.
0: Right. So they would get into the back of the trunk, and like, what what would the trunk be like if if Robbie isn't like aware of like the trunk?
2: Either I feel like either it would just be like flames everywhere, like this weird flaming ethereal space, or it would be like a pocket dimension where it's like completely like there's like nothing.
0: Let's say the portal leads to hell. <laughs> and Kimchi <laughs> and Speed's brother end up in hell. And, and they th- fight Godzilla. <laughs> Godzilla's there, but he's not gonna fight these two kids. He's he, too he's busy. He's gonna eat them. No, he's not gonna eat them either. Don't, don't fuck with these kids, alright? A monkey in the monkey in the kid don't do that.
1: Spread on, Here's the
0: thing: they're gonna end up in hell, and Speed's gonna be like, "Oh my god, they're in hell! I need to go save them!" <laughs> and he's gonna drive into the trunk of Robbie's charger. <laughs> he'll,
2: he's, he'll, he'll press, he'll press like the A function. Exactly. Like, trump, he's gonna hit Control
0: A, jump into the back of Robbie's trunk, and then hit the which one is it? <laughs>
2: control
1: E?
0: No, or Control T? D. That's gonna bring down his air conditioned, <laughs> bulletproof. Cockpit and he's gonna ride into hell.
2: And then Robbie Reeves like does some crazy maneuver where like he like tailbones his own car so that the front of the car flips into the trunk and like like warps in on itself. So, they're, they're all now in hell.
0: No, so here's what's gonna happen. Speed's gonna go in the trunk. He's gonna go to hell looking for his brother and his monkey. Robbie's gonna be like, oh shit, I'm not really a bad guy. He's gonna jump out of his car. The car's gonna be riding on its own. He's gonna jump into the trunk of his own car. He's gonna end up in the passenger seat of Races Mach 5. And they're both gonna go after Kimchi, uh, Chimchi, Chimchim? Chimchim and Sprito. Trying to yeah. save them from Hell and from Godzilla, who's <laughs> rampaging through Hell at this moment.
1: Yeah, so, I was saying
2: this on Facebook before. we like, they should do a team up where like Speed Speed Racer becomes the next Spirit of Vengeance, and like, or, like Robbie. Well, and, that's like, it. That's like, it.
1: Like, I, we've done
0: it. He's like, what are you doing? I need, to, I need to st- save my brother. You're, why are you in the? Tr- I'm trying to talk really fast, like Speed, but that's really hard to do. He's, he's like, why are you in the passenger seat in my car? I'm trying to save my brother and my monkey, and he's like. <laughs> I don't know how Ghost Rider talks, but he's like, I'm gonna go with you. I'm gonna go save them too, because I'm a good guy. <laughs> and so they're riding through hell. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Dodge Chargers back on wherever, like, post apocalyptic race on trying to win the race. Because, I don't know, what are the stakes of this death race? Whoever loses has to.
2: Well, I like can. And uh, one of the impetus for this conversation was our discussion about ghost racers, where, right. we're like,. <laughs> Where arcade is doing this for the entertainment of the masses, and if you die or you, if you lose, you get tortured and killed and revived to be to race again.
0: So it's basically yeah. in eternal torment for the loser of this death race. So, Pretty but much. race uh, speed racer basically decided that it's more important to save his brother and his monkey than win the race. So that's why he he makes a decision despite Trixie's warnings to drive into the back of Robbie's trunk to go to hell. And Robbie's like, I can't let him do this on his own because I know hell better than anyone because I'm the fucking Ghost Rider. He jumps in the trunk. Dodge Charger's going on its own. Racer fucking X is like, I can't let Robbie win and and get murdered and tortured for life because I am secretly his brother even though nobody knows that I am because I am Racer X to... His brother who died in the race.
2: Wait, so does Racer X jump into the truck as well? No, No, Racer
1: X finishes
0: the race. Racer X gets into the race to try to beat the Dodge Charger because he figures if Speed is eliminated from the race, then he is basically disqualified, but he doesn't lose. So if the Dodge Charger loses... And Robbie's the one who gets tortured so Racer X is basically racing to save Speed which he would fucking do because he's Racer X who's secretly Speed's older brother who went missing years ago even though nobody knows that he's Racer also, X also the
1: driver of the Mach 4 which goes slightly slow and has the same function as the Mach 5
0: Yes, who is driven by Racer X, who coincidentally happened to be Speed's older brother, who went missing, but nobody knows this except for Racer X. Who races under the guise of Racer X, so that nobody will know that he's actually Racer's older brother, who went missing earlier, (laughs) spurring Speed on to his career. Anyway, so Racer X and the Dodge Charger are racing on the racetrack, while Robbie and Speed are in hell, trying to save Chim Chim and his brother from hell. Now, what do you think, Chris? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love that idea, but I want this to happen where uh, they get out of hell. The race is finished, and you know whoever wins, like or, or loses, like uh, maybe it could be Speed or Robbie or both, and they're, they're they're about to be gutted, and then Godzilla from hell rises. out, was <laughs> like, no, not on my watch, and they destroys the entire Coliseum, and it's Arcade, and you know. So this is
1: the potentially. Dance- The end of Godzilla in Hell. No, so this is what I'm thinking,
0: though. I I like your idea, but here's where I'm going with this, and stick with me now, okay? (laughs) So you have Robbie and Speed in Hell, looking for Chim-Chim and his brother. On Earth, you have, or whatever facsimile of Earth they're on right now doing this race, you have the Dodge Charger powered by the Serial Killer Spirit. Then you have Racer X trying to win the race for Speed. To try and save him from years of, like, eternity of torture, basically. So, basically what happens is, rising from the fucking ground is Godzilla. With the Mach 5 in one hand, and on his head he's got Chim Chim and Speed's brother. And they're going on the racetrack. <laughs> <laughs> so you have Godzilla, the Dodge Charger, Racer X. This
2: All a, this of them. Is a, this is a wacky racers for the new generation. <laughs> so you know what just throw in Mad Max like, like the Warwick shows up and then the, the, the Pursuit Special shows up
0: it goes in the Wacky Races but no so so this freaking is this.
2: Batman shows up
1: in the Batmobile Godzilla has a guy chained to him playing the guitar with fire spewing from the that he
0: picked up from hell and he could just come with a bunch of all the racers from hell that he picked up so he's got like Immortan Joe on one of his spines and shit and they're just like rising from hell, and he's got Nux on, like, his shoulder. Different
1: war boys just hanging on.
0: (laughs) So so Speed's like, I can't let Racer X lose, and he's like, I can't, and Robbie's like, I can't lose either. So Godzilla, what does he do? Being fucking Godzilla, being the smartest man in the world, you know, (laughs) being the classiest gentleman you can find, decides you know what, he takes takes the Dodge Charger, he takes the Mach 5, he takes Racer X, he throws him across the finish line, and Godzilla t- stands back. He's like, I'm going to go back to hell and accept <laughs> this torture in place of everyone else.
1: <laughs> so Godzilla saves Godzilla the Godzilla becomes Jesus.
0: It's a three-way tie between Robbie, Speed, and Resurrects. and Godzilla is the hero, tearing up a little bit at this, but he sacrifices his life, his eternal uh, then, Godzilla life. Uh,
2: and he, as he goes down to hell, he he does like the Terminator thumbs up.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's sinking back into the pit of hell, and it's like got the thumbs up.
1: And all you hear is. Here's the thing: unless
0: Godzilla ends up beating the devil at the end,
1: and becomes the king of hell,
0: he becomes the king of hell and of, and the king of monsters. So Godzilla's the real winner here. of heaven. There you
1: go. Godzilla's <laughs> the real winner here. So,
0: so I think, so I think he's gonna be all right in the end because even though he's gonna go back to hell, he's probably just gonna overthrow the devil, and everything will be all right.
2: So yeah, I'm fine with a three way tie. I mean, that's that's yeah.
0: Although I'm gonna say this in a straight fight, I mean, a straight race, speed racer. Yeah, speed racer.
2: Uh, I still, I still gotta stick by my main man, Robbie Reese Ghost Rider. But. I'm,
1: uh, I'm sticking to our disclaimer. This is all just fucking around. We're not serious about any of this.
0: If if Godzilla wasn't already in hell, then none of this could have happened. We're lucky that Godzilla got to hell when he did. Otherwise, Kim um, I keep calling Kimchi. <laughs> I'm thinking of um is what is that? hungry. I'm thinking of Chowder, you know that cartoon? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm thinking of Chowder. Chim Chim and Speed's brother would have been fucked. Speed would have been fucked. Robbie would have been fucked. Or, without Godzilla, they wouldn't have gone out of hell, or at least Robbie would have gone out of hell. But I don't think he would have gotten. Out, he wouldn't have left them behind, which is why he jumped into the back of his trunk. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of had to end in in this like stalemate kind of where they all get out.
1: I mean, I like how you're taking this as if this is factual stuff. Actually,
2: I have to because Speed Racer and it's, it's Godzilla an extrapolation rooted in fact, established by canon. This, this is
0: totally valid. This is why we had to tail the tape so we could know exactly how they would match up and what the situation would be. You know, Speed Speed would have been fine driving through hell. People are gonna hate this fucking segment. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: no, no, no! Come on, because people are guys.
1: gonna no, no, no! People are gonna just take this too seriously. Oh no. People are gonna be upset because they,
0: they—it's not gonna ever end the way they expect it to end. It's always gonna be some shit where like Godzilla comes out of the ground, and, and, and like, then
2: Tommy shows up, and then Dragazord and then and then the Dragazord and Godzilla fight in hell or heaven or whatever. Whichever. The
0: the thing is, is it's it's gonna end one of two ways: either Godzilla throws them across the finish line and takes the punishment himself, or Godzilla's like "fuck this," he picks them up and they all cross the finish line together because he's fucking Godzilla. He does whatever the fuck he wants. That's more of the story. Godzilla <laughs> like, does whatever the fuck he wants. I like the wants. ending where he
2: sacrifices himself.
0: It's more ending. touching. But if you want the perfect ending where everyone lives, that's how it happens.
2: Uh, you know what? We're just gonna make it to a, a video game with multiple endings. So if you want the hundred the ending, percent, ending endings. The one where he goes back to hell. The good ending is where, where everyone crosses the finish line together. And
1: we're gonna we're, we're gonna bad. call the first ending where Godzilla goes back to hell nightfall, <laughs> and then we're gonna call the perfect ending perfect nightfall. Zilla <laughs> Fall. Wait, it's <what's laughs> so a bad
2: ending. Like everyone dies and everyone gets tortured for all eternity. Like,
1: well, so
0: the, the, the bad ending is that Godzilla ended up failing his mission to like fight his way through hell, so Godzilla's already gone. So he's not even there. Right? So um, they go to hell and to find to find Speed's brother and the monkey. And then on Earth you have Racer X and you have the Charger and Mad Max sees the fucking Charger and he's like <laughs> yes. my fucking ride. He jumps Fuck. into it. Mad Max becomes the spirit of vengeance. Fuck
1: Robbie yeah. Reyes
0: loses his powers, dies in hell with speed cuz they can't fucking get out of hell. So what happens is that Madamax in the Dodge Charger doesn't give a fuck about Racer X. He lets Racer X die because he uses the Hellfire in the thing to fucking blow up Racer X, who coincidentally happens to be Speed's older brother who lost a, a race earlier in his career, forcing him to go missing and fake his death or whatever he did to become Racer X that nobody knows except for Racer X. Anyway, and, so he and to kills add him. The
2: injury, Max being the survivalist that he is he, he will he will stop the race and he will spend the time to salvage all the parts from Racer X vehicle and integrate it to his own and then <laughs> he, yeah basically then Mad Max
0: Mad Max Ghost Rider Mad Max <laughs> kills Racer X destroys his car crosses the finish line Robbie loses powers because he's no longer the spirit of vengeance right then so what happens is that he Speed the monkey and the kid are stuck in hell so one of two things happens. They either give up or they spend the rest of eternity racing through hell, which is also pretty cool that Robbie and Speed race through hell for eternity. That's kind of cool. So, But what happens is Racer X dies, Mad Max becomes the Spirit of Vengeance, and that's it. Mad Max wins. That's the bad ending.
2: Mad Max wins. Uh, yes. <laughs> this is my okay, I changed my engine. Mad Max wins. Stan, I love you.
0: This is like your perfect ending, Chris, because not this only is. does Mad Max win, beat, but he becomes Ghost Rider. <laughs> yes.
2: Oh my gosh! Oh god!
0: All right, so I think I think we can stop here. Um, the show kind of ran on long again, but um,
2: fuck it. Uh, this is, this I, I is like com- this is comedy gold, people.
0: I like the way this race went. Honestly, I'm gonna be honest. I like all the endings. I like every ending of this race.
1: This is too legit. Yeah.
0: All right, so let's wrap up this week. Thank you guys for listening. You can, as usual, subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Rate us highly. Please give us those five stars if you think we're, we're doing a good job. Chances are you made it to the end. You made it to the end of this race. You think we are deserving of the you five stars. You 20,
1: made episode 26.
0: Yeah, you made it this long, you made it this far. Might as well commit the whole nine. all right? Commit to us. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Super Nerd Pals. You can find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. You can find Chris on Twitter at KYO Ninja for Hire. This motherfucker on my left, Andy, is Sweet Justice1 One, O-N-E. You can follow him on Twitter as well. We have a Facebook group. Please join the Facebook group. We got a bunch of cool people on there posting cool shit. You wanna get in on that cool shit, I know, because you listen to the coolest show on the internet. So you wanna get on there. And um Eventually, stay tuned. We're going to be doing a, a sister podcast to this one called Sad Samurai Friends, where we get around together with our friend of the show, Benjamin, friend of Chris. We're going to watch some anime, get sad about it, talk about it. First episode's going to be Ruroni Rur- 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 Kenshin, Ken- Rigatoni Kenshin, <laughs> however you pronounce that shit. We're going to watch it, or we're going to get together. Stay tuned. We'll give you more news about when that's going to happen, but you're going to want to catch that especially if you're a fan of the animes but yeah thank you guys for listening we'll catch you next week all right
2: thanks guys have a good night